podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Ironcast and we are joined this week by one of the best ever co-hosts of Ironcast, not you, Ginge. Oh. <laughs> I look surprised when you said that. I don't know who he's going to look at. The man who came off the bench after your 40th, Anton Ferdinand is here. Welcome, Anton. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. We're here. We're recording this in uh, Rush Green. Did you train here, Rush Green? Yeah, it must this have. This isn't Rush Relief. Green. This Chadwell. Is. Oh, my God. We're in Chadwell Heath. We've got that many training grounds. It's quite, it's quite a difference. Well, it's not now. They've done a lot to this. It looks great. Yeah. It definitely weren't like this when we were here. <laughs> it looks a lot different to the day I walked in, 2005, that's for sure. Really? Didn't re- don't recognise it. Um, Anton, thank you for joining us. This week is uh, part of the Premier League's No Room for Racism campaign, which is uh, launching across all the games over the weekend. Great to have you here. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to start by talking about TST, the soccer tournament that happened in North Carolina, yeah. was it? Yeah, it was Over the summer. Ginge, you were meant to be there. You were in the squad. You played all the preseason friendlies against uh, Ted Lasso. Tragically. Well, you still meant to play. I think I was I was the 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 main player, to be honest. As in I was probably the fittest. Yeah. The, the rumour was the rumour was if he goes, I don't go. That was the rumour. <laughs> well, you were buzzing then. Yeah, I was. No, well, I, I was, was. I, I was probably the fittest. <laughs> I, like I was gonna be captain, clearly. And yeah, I played in a charity game down in Wales. I think it was about a month before Giz, wasn't it? And yeah. I pulled my hamstring. I mean, not just a little pull where I got could get away with it. Borderline, if I was still playing, it would have been an operation. No way. Yeah, just having a having a bit of a mess. And yeah, it ruled me out. So I missed out on uh, what seems to be a great trip. No, it was a great trip. You did the preseason. You played against uh, Ted Lasso, mm. didn't you, in a friendly? I think, did you not score in that? Or you nearly scored? Uh, I don't think I scored, but I was the best player on the pitch by a mile. So Marlon you know, said he was. Marlon say, always says he's best player on the pitch, and he, I don't think he ever really is. But um, no, I was gutted. To be fair, it was nice being back with the boys. Obviously, Anton was involved. We would have been with the lads, and great trip out there representing West Ham again. But one of those things got injured again. Yeah, Anton, rattle us through the squad. It was a great combination of legends and academy players. Yeah, it was. Um, Jimmy Walker. Who didn't play one minute by the way? He was like the player liaison out there, uh, more than anything. Uh, Dave Martin, Tyrone Mears, myself, Elliot Ward, Lewis Barmonte, Hayden Mullins, Marlon Harewood, oh. Colton Cole, Zavon Hines, Legends. Kyle Reed, Frank Newbel, and two exciting academy graduates. Yeah. And, we had, and uh, your manager, well, you had two managers. It was kind of like Gerard Houlet, Roy Evans style yeah. partnership. <laughs> Not Ken- to the quite the same effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken, I saw, there's a documentary coming out that tells the story of the of the, your time out there. And the, you see a bit of Kenny Brown, who was one half of the joint managers. Uh, and what a guy. I was there a bit of a team talk he gives in there. And I thought, oh, I'd love to have played with him. Was it a pleasure to be under the guidance of Kenny Brown? Yeah, it was. Um Again, someone who I watched play at West Ham when I was younger and just a, a great guy. I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to know him and his family and I actually mentor his son. So I'm lucky enough to, to, to know him and his family quite well. But in a football environment, it's always different. You know, mm. you see a different side of somebody. And as we'll get into, when, when the incident happened out there, he stepped forward and really led us 
in the way that a manager should do, you know, and, and that's credited him as a person, you know, and, and, and credited him and his family. Yeah. We'll get the, I mean, there's so much drama packed into this uh, trip to Carolina and also the documentary t- kind of tells that story. I wanted to ask about Tom Skinner was the other half of that managerial <laughs> pairing and uh, what a character. What was it like? What was yeah, it, like? It, was, it was really good. You know what was actually really refreshing and really nice to see? Someone who watched us all when they were younger, almost living, living a, a boy yeah. a dream. I think you, know, he you said could that, see that he? in him. I think he said that in his socials. He, he felt like it was... He couldn't believe it that he was, you know, obviously being a West Ham fan, he's obviously gone on and done well in his own right, but still taking him back to West Ham, his roots. And he, I think he says it's like one of the best, <laughs> the best things in his career. I'm not sure he'll say it now with the group of players and probably having, <laughs> having to look after him the way he did. But uh, no, nah, it was he, I just he's remember, great. I just uh, remember saying to him, we had a training session. I said to him, if I hear La Bosch from the <laughs> sideline, I'm walking off, all right? I don't want to hear that. Nah, he got That's what I said to him. But like, it was just really nice to see a side of somebody who you could see they were in their element yeah, and how much it meant to them. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, another rumour I heard was that Tom didn't realise that Kenny Brown would be helping him and he literally thought he was picking, doing tactics, <laughs> running sessions. He must have been relieved to find out he was getting help. Yeah, he was. He, he brought a, uh, um, a book along, uh, Tactics for Dummies. <laughs> he brought along to read, to... Um, to give him some help and some guidance. Uh, he was a bit more relieved when when uh, Kenny Brown said that he'd be helping him. But however, like, he's watched West Ham and watched us for many, many years, the lads that were there playing. You know, he knew our strengths. He was very clear on that. And I'm sure he would have done a good job. Uh, but to have Kenny in that professional capacity, definitely for me personally, and I'm sure I can speak for most of the lads that were there, it made us feel like we were professionals again. Mm. You know, that, that feeling, when you retire, you miss it. You know, especially the big, I miss the big games, you know, but to have that camaraderie and, and almost start where we left. Do you know what I mean? We went back to being together and it felt like we was together last week in the dressing room here at Chadwellief, in the dressing room having, having banter, you know, and, and that epitomises and tells you the, the group of lads that we had, you know? It's, it's a mad, it's, it's, I'm glad you said that because it's mad. I find like, I... I see you on and off now and then, but like it can be years, can't it? Yeah. Or whatever. Same with Marlon, same with Coley, same with all the old boys. But as soon as you're, as soon as you're back with them, like we spent a bit of time with Ant on this week, and it's just, it's just like just like the old days. It is. And like it, I said, we've mentioned it on the pod before about the squad we had sort of back then, and it's just it's just exactly the same. And and I f- I think Tom got a realization, and not just Tom, but the staff that were out there with us, who a lot of them watched us as well, mm. you know, and and know us in a professional capacity and doing media and working for the club, but never don't know us as footballers in terms of our personality, you know? And I think a lot of them, including Tom, got a realisation as to why our team was so good, you know, and why we, were, why we stuck together and why our relationship with the fans was so good. And in that week, just being around us, I think everyone got a realisation, like, this is the reason, because we argued... <laughs> You know, we came together, we stuck together, and we played for the shirt. Yeah. Um, so, and TST, obviously, there is a, a racist incident. We won't get into the specifics of it. It's all detailed in the documentary. But I just wondered, Anton, like, the reaction from the team and the club, uh, I, th- I made me so proud when I watched this documentary. And I just wonder if 
what's your perspective? It feels like the way things are handled like that now is a far cry from how it would have been handled a few years ago, for example. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been involved in and around two incidents that have been, obviously one was live on Sky many years ago and one we was happened to be filming a documentary both documented in the press one dealt with well and one dealt with terribly and i'm proud to say that the one that was dealt with well was dealt with by the club that i love and was represented at the time although not in a professional capacity but as a a former player putting on the shirt again and someone it means so, so much too you know, and, and credit goes to the football club, 100%. I mean, to not have someone in a high position out in in uh, Carolina, but allowing the people that are there to deal with it in the manner that we dealt with it and allowing myself and, and others like the, the backroom staff that were there to, to control the narrative and run a narrative that works well. One, for the right reasons in terms of the incident and dealt with properly how I feel it should be dealt with mm. and others in the squad felt it should be dealt with, but also for the club, you know, um, allowing us to run a narrative and make sure that we do something that hasn't been seen or done before, you know, and, and by a Premier League club, so yeah. be it not be a first team, but it's still a Premier League, a Premier League football club, you know, and a big one at that, you know, and, and credit goes to the football club, credit goes to the owners, the, the, the people in higher positions who backed every single move that we made, you know, and, and I think they knew and understood that it was coming from the right place. You know, they had, they had the right people out there, the backroom staff, uh, Kenny Brown, you know, um, and the players who were passionate about the situation that had happened, but also understood we were representing West Ham. You know, and I think all of that coming together is the reason why the outcome was what it was. And I thought as well, when you really get this impression in the documentary, such great leadership qualities from so many people in that squad, and you're, you are obviously fantastic. Dave Martin as well. You can tell... There's so much experience and, you know, real leadership behind the conversations that are happening with the organisers of the tournament. You must have been so proud to see the other people in the squad also stepping up with you and yeah, taking I charge mean, of the situation. Definitely. And I think, again, it epitomises our squad that we had. You know, I'm a firm believer when it comes to all forms of discrimination, but especially in terms of racism, it's everybody's fight. It's not just people who are abused. It's not just people of ethnic minority. Um, it's not just it's not just our fight. It's everybody's fight. For there to be a better society, everyone's got to fight together mm. for the right cause, in my opinion. And we showed that as a collective. It didn't matter about the colour of your skin or whether you'd been subject to racism before or not. Everyone believed in the message. Everyone believed that we'd done the right thing and we wore it with our chest high and with an important badge on our, on our chest. It's just, the documentary is brilliant. It makes you so proud to be a West Ham fan. Ginger, I wondered, uh, in your experience, obviously, I wondered maybe with Wales, for example, playing, playing away around the world, 
Have you experienced that kind of discrimination, seen it happen to teammates, and how did you deal with it? How did the team deal with it? Yeah, there's no no going around it. I have, for sure. You know, like you say, playing for Wales uh, on a few occasions, seen it. And I suppose as a, as a player, when, when, you, when you're sort of in that, you've just got to support the boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone knows it's not right and, and, and can't believe it still goes on. Um, but you've just got to support the boys. You're, you're a teammate, you're, you're a friend, you're, you're around, you're around the, the boys all the time. So you've just got to support them in every way you can and any decision they made, the same, you know, if I was out there with Anton and the boys, there's no doubt about it. I would have been, you know, fighting the, the same as Anton and, and doing the right things and, and supporting the club and supporting the boys. So, you know, it's, it's, it's madness that it still goes on. It's also relative because of what's happened to Anton and the boys out in America. So, yeah, you've just got to be a teammate and, and, and support the decision and, and, and support the football club in every in every move we make. The, the right move, which which every football club should be taking. Yeah. And um, the Premier League, this is high on their agenda dealing with this. No room for racism is the campaign. And this is no room for racism week. Campaigns running across all the different Premier League games this weekend, including players taking a knee. And I just wondered, Anton, what do you make of this campaign and how important is statements like players taking a knee before games? Yeah, I think it's important. And uh, the reason why I think it's important is because it continues the conversation. You know, um, I'm a firm believer to educate people, you have, to, you have to converse. I also understand my part in this is that when people do want to speak to me about it, I need to be approachable. I need to speak to them in the right way, in the right manner. You know, and, and I think seeing your idol, young kids seeing their idols taking a knee, it opens a conversation. Mum, Dad, why are they doing that? That's an important question for a kid to ask. And that breeds that question. My problem with it is that with football, there's so many different voices when there needs to be one. We've seen it for the first time, I think in the, in the last few weeks with the online harms bill, that there's been one statement and every footballing body has used that one statement. I think if that was the case with the knee and other things that have happened, it's not just race, I'm talking about everything across the board in football, there needs to be one voice, but use everybody's headed paper. Mm. You know, and, and I, I think that's where Armin and Arins have come from, from different places around the country, whether it be fans, whether it be football clubs, where they might be saying, why are we doing this? I don't think the message, message was clear because there was too many different messages. Mm. Whereas when there's one message, there's no grey areas. You know, and I, and, I, and I think to educate people, you have to see something to spark conversation and taking a knee is definitely something that will do that. And that goes for a lot of different things. You know, it, as I said, it's, we're talking about racism because it's... Um, is kick racism out of football week and stand up to racism week. However, there's a lot of different things that are going on in football that also deserve to be spoken about, you know? But until there's a collective decision and there's one voice, it's going to be hard to actually counteract and, and make these things better. Do you think the... Do you think the powers that be are actually doing enough? Do you think that there should be, there should be a lot more... No, going on. I think that I don't think they're doing enough. I think they speak a good game and they talk and they say discriminations at the head, at the top of our list. But your actions don't mix your words. You know, we we see people 
getting banned for eight months for betting. However, someone says something racial on the pitch mm. to get four four games, eight games. You know, that, but if racism and discrimination is top of your list, why don't the punishments actually Match. mirror that? Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like, oh, we're saying it is, but your actions say different. And and that for me is a problem. Have you got any, do you have any, are you involved? Do you have any conversations with the with the, the PFA and, yeah. and, the, and the FA and people yeah. like that? Yeah, well, I do. I, I do have involvement. I do speak my mind, as you know. <laughs> I've always been that way. I don't expect anything less. Yeah. Uh, uh, whether it's going to ruffle feathers or not, that's never ever really been my concern. My concern is I believe in something and I'm going to say what I need to say. Um, but I say it respectfully. You know, I wasn't always respectful in the dressing room, <laughs> but outside the dressing you were, room, I, you were. I, I speak respectfully, you know, and, and I'm passionate about whatever I'm involved in. Because if I'm not, I don't do it. And that's just the way that I am. Um, whether the powers that be take on board what I'm saying, that's another question. That's a different matter. But, I'm in the conversations and there's a long way to go, but as I said, it's everybody's fight. Yeah. That is so good that you're not only an ambassador for West Ham, but an ambassador for this cause. You speak so well on it. It's, I'm just oh, buzzing. And you'll be here out before the uh, Newcastle game again to talk about No Room for Racism as a campaign. And I want to end this interview talking about the soccer tournament and I want to end talking about the final victory. It ends on a happy note just to give away the ending. West Ham, what was it, 1-0? It's something like, it's deep, deep in extra time and I think there's players getting removed all the time and we get a last-minute winner and Anton, there are fantastic scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't move by this stage. <laughs> it's a rumor you couldn't move before it started. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Um, but it was to, to turn a negative such a big negative into a positive, the way that we did, you know, and for the club as a whole, for the fans that travelled from all over America to watch us, it epitomises West Ham, mm. you know, um, the togetherness, the family-orientated football club, the culture at this football club to come together in hard times was there for everyone to see, you know, and, and I remember it was the last game that we played and we're all retired, retired five years, so I was in, I was in bother. Yeah, my <laughs> my legs were in bother. My back was in bother from carrying a few of the other boys. <laughs> I must say, um, but to to go out there and and also be emotionally drained because it was an emotional yeah, time. I can imagine it was a it was an emotional time. It was it was triggering for me, very very triggering imagine, for me yeah. personally. Um, but to then go out and watch the boys perform like that and hear the fans singing. You know, um, there was no better way to finish, you know. And, and I must say the two young boys that came to, with us, Keenan and Archie from, from the academy, what they learnt on that trip will set them in good stead mm. for the rest of their life, whether they, whether they make it at West Ham or anywhere in, in the football. They, will, they would have learnt a lot on that trip, you know. Some good, some bad, probably. <laughs> um, but... They would have learnt life lessons. And one thing they would have learnt is resilience. How to deal with, how to make a negative situation into a positive. And they played their own part in that. And they were fantastic and a credit to the football club. Yeah. And I guess this is the thing about progress. That because of the precedent you made last year, 
you can well imagine there'll be a very different set of circumstances in the tournament next summer. Are you going to get the call up? You both, how's your fitness? I think we'll both be there, mate. Fitness being a, a big issue, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to do all I can to be there. That's <laughs> I, sure. I, I won't just... be playing any practice games or anything like that. I'll, tra- I'll train with the boys, but I won't be playing. Just get, just get on the plane. 11 aside is completely out of the window for me nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I, think. I get away with six, seven, I'll tell you one seven thing, aside. Though. For the seven, it's a big pitch for seven. Yeah, yeah, so it is. I can't, I can't lie to you. Yeah, it's big areas. Yeah, but it's I not... you know I struggled in big areas as well. Nice. No, can I sit on the edge of the box in a seven yeah, side exactly. and just defend the edge I'll of the box? Don't worry. If... Let the boys do their thing. Me and Anton just defend the box. If I get the shout, um, one hundred percent. I think TST also need to be spoken about in this because they could have wavered. They could have gone the other way, but they respected the fight and the passion that we had as a football club. And to do the right thing, you know, and, and as I said, and you'll hear it on the documentary, it's time for TST to set the president now at the start. And they've done that. No room for racism or any forms of discrimination. And it was fantastic to see. Yeah, brilliant. The documentary is dropping imminently, I'm told. It's almost ready uh, and you're going to love it. Anton, thank you so much for joining Cheers, us. Anton, brilliant. brilliant. Good to see you again. No Ginge. Cheers, Chris. Thank you for listening. Until next time, come on your own. Sports Social Podcast Network.